0: A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with
1: some father beans and a nice you, you, you Choose me? I choose violence. Come on, let's get in the character. <laughs>
0: Thursday podcast. I'm your host Patrick Hall. but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and we are here, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and the Dorkening Podcast Network, and we are coming at you from the sort of-ish renovated Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, still a work in progress, but uh, I am here, obviously not on my own. I am here with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is... <gasps> The Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the uh, Queen... Oh, I'm screwing myself up. The Michael Phelps of Wine, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare.
1: She is so incredibly excited for the Barbie movie! Come on Barbie, let's go party.
0: Yeah we're gonna be uh, we, we have our Barbenheimer tickets. We're going to be uh...
1: Happy Barbenheimer Eve everyone.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing uh, Barbie first and then uh, Oppenheimer uh, you know start off with a downer and on a high note you know that type of thing. Uh, no m- mainly it's because uh... well, why don't you explain to them what you told me?
1: What a what a time to be alive.
0: No that's not what you told me. Really?
1: No 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 no, I'm just I'm just I'm just in my feelings right now because I'm so excited. So the reason why we're seeing Barbie first is because I am so, so incredibly excited to see the Barbie movie. It is my most anticipated film of this year. And I am already, already just, you know, since we purchased, even before we purchased tickets, I've just been like on on this, this high, this uh, almost like a caffeinated just, I'm, I'm so giddy. I'm so giddy. And the reason why we're seeing Barbie first is because I'm so excited to see it. I had this fear that if we saw Oppenheimer first, I wouldn't be able to pay attention to it because all I would be thinking was Barbie, 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 Barbie. So that's why we're seeing Barbie first so I can get it all out of my system and then go and enjoy Oppenheimer.
0: Yeah, that's literally what she told me in the car the other day. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. Like, I didn't have a preference on the uh, on the order in which we saw them. Well, so. I mean,
1: and to be honest, I really want to see both. I think both films, in their own rights, are going to be cinematic masterpieces. I believe that the acting is going to be incredible, just from what I've seen based on trailers and tidbits here and there. Um, I think that. Both films are going to be equally, you know, the film of the summer. Um, but for me, it's just, and we're going to talk about this today. Uh, for me, Barbie just edges out Oppenheimer, uh, for, for reasons. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll about that, it, but yeah. like, yeah, so, so that's why, so that is why, you know, it was, um, my uh, scientific opinion that we should see barbie first so i could actually pay attention during oppenheimer and actually fully take it in versus just sitting there and being barbie 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 Barbie.
0: yeah and i i totally get that like this is this is one of those films that like you know you've probably waited you know your entire (laughs) life to see and like once we heard that it was coming out it's like all right this is going to be great uh speaking of films coming out um we just we saw the trailer. We did something well, I was gonna...
1: this weekend.
0: We did. We finally filmed my movie. Yay! and
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We finally filmed your movie!
0: And I was, uh, I was so excited. I was so...
1: He was so excited. He was going, movie, 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 movie. No, yeah. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> it was... I was trying to uh, downplay my enthusiasm uh, leading up to it because the last time I was super excited was supposed to be July fifteenth when we were supposed to film the first time, but we called it on account of weather, and then the weather ended up being not so bad.
1: Fucking New England, man! I mean, I'm
0: sorry, not July twenty, not July fifteenth. That's when we did film. Uh, it was June twenty-four, yes. Um, and you know, it it didn't go as we uh, thought. So because of the weather. But uh, with this, um, we were a little rushed because we had to battle the light because one of our two uh, actors uh, couldn't get there till later in the day, so we filmed everything we could before. And I have to say, uh, for both of them, uh, it was their acting debut, and I expected great things, and they blew my expectations out of the water. They were so good. Like, I had a specific vision in my head, and then when I saw them perform, uh, it was just, it was so much better than I could have imagined. Uh, so, it was uh, our good friend Old Man Wade, who, uh, who was on the, uh, on the show several times and has become a very good friend of ours. He uh, got to show us his acting chops. Um, our friend Alyssa... Uh, was the female lead and then our good friend mike neal who we've had on the show before um or at least on shark bites anyways uh who we worked with on cellophagus that he directed and then uh our friend shaheen who did a little bit of everything did some pa work did some camera stuff did some gaffing some lighting some assistant camera so like that was really cool of him uh i was glad that he was a part of it uh our good friend Colleen, who's always on our live shows, uh, she was there. She was kind of uh, key craft service as well as, you know, just helping out randomly on set. Because when you only have a crew of eight to ten people, you know, everybody's got to pitch in. Uh, her daughter, Laurelyn, was our key production assistant. Uh, you might remember Laurelyn from a few weeks ago or a couple months ago at this point. She did the interview of us, which was really awesome. Uh she was all over the place. She did a hell of a job for her first film. Uh, our 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 friend Javi Lindor was uh, doing all the all the behind the scenes photos, and he took some amazing pictures. It looked awesome. Um, so, oh, and I can't. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, our good friend Coop, uh, as an executive producer, threw us. Uh, uh, just massive amounts of money to uh, accommodate old man, Wade's rider. Uh, He had very specific demands. He wanted a sleeve of Ritz crackers and two 20 ounce mountain dews. Uh, And thanks to Coop's uh, generous investment, we were able to, uh, to accommodate that as well as our good friend, uh, Kurt, who uh, helped design and make all of the crew shirts, which, nobody knew about I was very excited and uh, you know because I like getting swag on movies so it's kind of cool that he got some, he helped with that as well so I just want to say thank you to everybody who, who was a part of that and I can't wait for you all to see the trailer I was working on it a little bit earlier today and I've never done editing before but uh, I think it's starting to come along pretty well you know what do you think
1: it's uh, it's definitely looking like a movie
0: yeah, it's, it's weird, and uh, but I'm very excited and I'm very happy. Uh, I got emotional several times during the day because I couldn't believe that I was finally doing it. And not only that I was doing it, but that I had such an amazing crew. And of course, I couldn't have done it without my biggest supporter and my first AD, who did you know 90% of the work on set, of course, Ashes is Nightmare.
1: I was wondering when you were going to mention me. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's going through everybody else. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I had to do a separate, um... <laughs>
0: separate thing for you.
1: No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, everyone... Uh, it, it was definitely an experience and something that I'm always going to remember. I'd been on a handful of, of sets before, and each set is its own experience, but there's, there's something about... Um, Being heavily involved in the process and really getting your hands dirty, like literally getting your hands dirty, uh, I was able to help make and design the special effects that were used and you know the whole thing we were you know how many times were we driving to or from work or somewhere where you know the car ride was just us bouncing ideas off of each other as to you know how are we going to do this what do we want i'm thinking this what do you think i'm thinking that what do you think um I'd like to do something like this, you know, how do you think we can we can do it? Uh, to see those conversations and all of the prep, um, seeing everything come into fruition, was just a, incredible and everyone did such an amazing job and you know nobody's getting paid i mean i i someday someday i hope to be able to pay people you know to be on our sets but right we now, gave them snacks a, and hugs i mean you know and and sometimes that sometimes that's the best payment uh, i do give pretty good you give pretty good hugs
0: and everybody got a swag bag
1: but you you know, it's uh it was definitely a really interesting, rewarding experience and it was so much work. So much work, so much prep Like we're talking weeks upon weeks of preparation, making sure that, you know, uh, everything was falling into place and that things were going to work out, making lists upon lists. And then, you know, the days before, you know, spend I mean, that that Friday before we shot, we just spent the entire day running around doing stuff for the shoot and then the day of the shoot we spent the entire day that entire morning and into the afternoon just running around like crazy packing things up going to the location getting things you know set up and stuff uh to film for 3 hours you know and, and i think part of the reason why we shot for 3 only 3 hours was because we were so prepared we had everything ready to go you know though that that it could have taken us all day if if we weren't as organized and oh, yeah. prepared. We, we and had stuff. originally
0: planned like four or five hours.
1: You know, but I think because everyone was really on top of it and everyone was working together and, you know, we all had this one common goal to make this movie, to get these shots, to make this happen. And I just, I love everyone involved. I I cannot thank them enough. And I wanna give you some credit here because this being your directorial debut, you've never been behind the camera like that before. You gave such great, thorough direction. You knew exactly what you wanted. Setting up these shots, you knew exactly what you wanted. you wanted your actors to do. You did an excellent job conveying to the actors what you wanted. And I think you made it a lot easier for them to do their jobs because they knew what was expected of them. They knew what you wanted. And you did such a phenomenal job of walking everyone through and making sure that everyone came prepared and knew exactly what they were doing. You know, there wasn't a time where we were like, what are we supposed to do now? What are we supposed to do now? And I was really impressed with you because sometimes with your ADD, you get a little scatterbrained and you can kind a of little. be a little bit all over the place. And I thought I was going to have to do a lot of, of, you Wrangling. Know, redirecting. Well, I did, did too. That's why, why you director. were in my AD. Um, and that <laughs> wasn't the case at all. You were really just, you know, uh fixated on what was happening and getting the job done and you know not wasting anybody's time which you didn't and I think you I think behind the camera is definitely where you're supposed to be you have you have a gift
0: well I, I appreciate that I just you know like I was telling you the other day like I feel like I did the least amount of stuff out of everyone because I'm not used to being on this side of the camera. And I even got, you know, there were a couple of times where I got sidetracked where it's like, okay, let me help you do this. Let's clean up the trash like, because that's what I'm used to doing on a set. I'm used to, like, pitching in and, you know, Mike had to grab me a couple. of am like, hey, come over here and look at how we're lining up this shot. Like, what are you doing? That's it's like, oh, right. I'm supposed to be helping, like, look at the camera and all that. Like, I'm not a production assistant. Like that was a little bit of getting used to. Uh, my biggest regret is not calling out Martini, which is uh, Martini for, for folks who aren't in the in the film industry. The last shot setup, uh, no matter how many times you you how many takes you do, the last shot setup is called Martini. So like that's always like the best thing to hear. It's like oh Martini's up, and like you know that's when everybody like when I'm a, a van driver, it's like all right. Let me get to set so I can start shuttling people back to crew parking. Like, you know, that's 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 the thing. You know, goes Abby and then Martini, and I didn't do either of those. I didn't think about it. Uh, I did get to say that's a wrap. I should have said it's a wrap on the movie. And you're probably wondering at this point what is the title of the movie? Well, right now we are not releasing the title of the movie. Uh, we're working under KWK or Girl Power. Um. The reason for that is the um, the title is kind of it's not quite a spoiler, but it kind of is. So until it actually releases, we're just operating under KWK. But you can look it up on IMDb to KWK. That'll come up, and you have a plot synopsis. You have you know what everybody did on set. Uh, I will say that Ash's prosthetics and uh, effects makeup, yeah, effects makeup more than uh, SFX, more than uh, makeup. It's yeah, really I was gonna makeup. say. Well, it
1: wasn't really. I guess it was kind of prosthetic. There was, a, there was there were no actual applications involved. Right. Um, but there were special effects and prosthetics that were made, which
0: you made entirely on your own. Uh, with a little bit of input from me, but like you created them, you executed them you, like you did everything uh, yourself so that you know when when you see it on screen, uh, just know that that's all all ashes.
1: What can I say she's crafty. she mm-hmm. gets around.
0: no uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Colleen was crafty and speaking of Colleen gave us a random gift. now if you know, <laughs> us especially ashes we are huge bruins fans Hi. and colleen was like oh i have a little something for you you know do you want it now it's like no no we got stuff for people we'll, we'll, we'll get it later because i couldn't imagine what it could possibly be and at the end when i was you know we everybody had some champagne including laurel and a little sip of champagne well sh- sparkling something or other um and
1: champagne yeah
0: I'm a coin-a-sewer. Um, we, we all had, you know, a little celebratory toast, which was really cool, um, including my mom, because we were filming at my mom's house, so she came out to kind of see what we were doing. She's like, oh, I don't want to go outside and ruin anything. It's like, no, 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 come outside, see what we're doing. Like, this is what I do. I tell you about it all the time. Like, you can actually physically see what we do and how we do it. Like, I think it would be cool to kind of see what goes into making a, a film, even, you know, just a gorilla short film shot in the backyard. Um, so she came out and she watched and, you know, she got a gift bag too with, a, with a, some swag. But Colleen comes out with this frame. I'm like, what the hell is this? And she turns it around and inside the frame is a Boston Bruins St. Patrick's Day jersey. Signed. 15 times by 15 different players. So, no, not 225 signatures, but 15 different signatures. And it was amazing, and I was so happy. And I've told this story to a few people who are also Bruins fans that collect memorabilia. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was great. My wife loved it. She cried. Like, ashes cried. At the beauty of this game.
1: I was going to say, it's it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen.
0: Like, we have some, we have a ton of sign, Bruins signed stuff.
1: Oh, but but that, it's but just, I mean, because is, it's a lot of the 2011 team.
0: It's the 20 and it's weird, you know, I was thinking about this, because it has Tyler Sagan and Louis Erickson. They were traded for each other in 2013. Like... They were traded for each other, so to have both of them on the same.
1: I was yeah, it's it's like... really cool because you have you know some uh, current players' signatures on there, but you also have a lot of past players, retired players.
0: There's only two current players on there.
1: I thought there were three. No, yeah,
0: just Marshand and. Pasternak Bergeron Bergeron it too. is not technically under contract. Well, we're
1: not, and we are not going to manifest anything, Mister. Everything I say manifests in some way, shape, or everything. form lately.
0: Only the bad stuff. Like I haven't won the okay, lottery. Okay. Well,
1: we're not going to manifest. We're going to manifest the positivity of Chara, Patrice Bergeron crachy, coming back brass. as captain. We want him for at least one more year, please, Patrice. Well, that's come back. That's the thing. Come back. I know we we're need getting you. a little
0: sidetracked, but. This that's the thing the last few president's trophies winners the year after they go to the finals if not win it you know uh tampa did it uh i believe um a couple other teams did it
1: uh the blackhawks
0: the blackhawks did it uh 20 was it uh capitals the capitals were the other team i was thinking of yeah and then uh
1: most recently it was florida florida the panthers Florida,
0: florida last year not this most recent season, but the year before, won the President's Trophy, and they got trounced. This year, they made it all the way, and had Matthew Kachuk not gotten hurt, they might they, have won They the whole probably thing. would
1: have won, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, so if the Bruins come back next year, uh, I even currently constituted, I think they're a very strong... Uh, uh, they have a very strong d- chance. Of, I, I of think they have it. a
1: chance. I think they have a chance at this point. But Defense I really, 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 really just uh, Patrice's return as you know would just would just solidify that. Like we need Bergeron back as captain for for one more year. Please sign for one more year. And I've heard that he has been practicing at the Warrior Ice Arena. That's their practice uh, ice um, facility. Yes, facility. That's which is a right word.
0: next to New Balance Arena, where the <coughs> Celtics. Celtics practice yeah. at the Red box Center. I've driven by it a thousand times.
1: But yeah, so I've, there have been reports of him practicing, which is a good sign. That's what we we want. He is skating. He is healthy. We know that for a fact, um, and he is he is practicing. So um, I don't know necessarily if he's practicing with some of these uh, new recruits or not. Um, all I know is that he's practicing. So fingers crossed, everybody, please, for my sanity and yours, for Patrice Bergeron to come back.
0: So we've gone on about hockey and movies for you know long enough because this isn't really a hockey show or even really a movie show. Uh, so we should probably get into our getting into character 22 minutes into the, the opening segment. Uh, seeing as how that is traditionally our opening segment. So Ashes, what is our getting into character question this week?
1: So the Barbie film coming out is actually the first film based on a Mattel toy, which got me thinking, what other films or what other toys would you like films made after?
0: Well, I mean, we've had you know, again, we've had more uh, we've had G.I. Joe and we've had uh, Transformers. Transformers, but those are Hasbro. Uh, I don't remember who made He-Man. That might have been Mattel, but that really wasn't... Like, it w- that was, yeah,
1: it is Mattel,
0: actually. But it was based... It wasn't based so much on the cartoon. Like, it had char- but it had, like, new characters. It, like, it was weird. It was. It was kind of like Halloween 3 where, like, Halloween 3 technically is part of the franchise, but, like, really doesn't have anything. Or Jaws 3, where, like, you have the characters, but, like, they're not the same characters from the original IP. It's really weird uh, because it just, it. if you've seen it, the 1989 Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella and Meg Foster and... Uh, Angela Pickles. Angela? Angela? Angelica (laughs)
1: Angelica Pickles? She's a rug Christina.
0: Christina. That's her fucking name. (laughs) She's (laughs) just... Sorry, I'm just so... Angelica. I I always... Susie. Chucky. Chucky Finster. Phil and Lil. Phil and Lil's last name was Dylan. Phil and Lil and Dylan. I don't know. I'm just making that shit up. Uh, But, yeah. So, if it's me, I mean... I always liked Voltron. I thought that would be cool. Like I know we had like a couple of Power Rangers films, but that's nowhere near the same. Um, I wouldn't have minded an actual like He Man movie, and I was very excited when it came out in nineteen. I guess eighty nine, eighty seven. Um, it also had one of the first uh, post credit scenes that I can ever think that existed and it was Skeletor going, I'll be back after he fell down the reactor shaft, very similar to, uh, to, uh, Emperor Palpatine only three years prior, but he landed it, I guess in some red water. So he was fine. Uh, even though he fell hundreds of stories, uh, while also emitting electricity. Uh, it's, it's a weird, we have to watch it sometimes cause I know you've never seen it, but I own the VHS. um, And I'm still waiting for Frank Langella to show up. It's been almost 40 years, and uh, he he hasn't been back yet. I know we've gotten some some other adaptations, like the Kevin Smith version, uh, which actually wasn't bad. I enjoyed that. Uh, And apparently Netflix, uh, if you're paying attention at all to the writers and actors strike... uh, You know, one of the biggest things is, you know, they want all the executives think that they make the best decisions. You know, the same executives that were tricked into releasing Morbius back into the theaters. Yeah. Well, the Netflix execs uh, apparently just blew 30 million dollars on a uh, live action He-Man adaptation that I guess just isn't happening. So that's super rad. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of toys that I played with as a kid, but mostly it was He-Man. Uh, I didn't really have much G.I. Joe's. I mean, I've seen the Transformers remakes, I mean, uh, movies, so, like, that's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't watched the new one yet. But other than that, I can't think of any other, like, toys. Like, I don't want a GoBots movie. Um, I don't want, like, there's obviously Lego movies, like, but that's a little different from what I expected uh, playing with Legos as a kid. Um. I don't know. I can't think of a whole lot that I would just look at and be like, oh, my God, yes, I need to have this, you know, toy franchise, maybe like Mega Bloks uh, since we got.
1: What about like a like a live action in quotes uh, version of Street Sharks?
0: You know, to be honest, when I was a kid, I was never really into Street Sharks. I was into the Ninja Turtles. Uh, and I didn't really care for any of the ripoffs. You know, biker mice from Mars, street sharks. Uh, I didn't really get into them. I didn't know them all that much. Um, even, like, Dinosaurs, Dino Riders. Um, the only one, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, another toy, like, the real dinosaur things that came out. Do you remember those? Like, they were, like, very realistic-looking dinosaurs, Except for the fact that half of them came with cavemen that would ride on them. Um,
1: I I don't remember that.
0: We had the T-Rex. We had the Spinosaurus. We had the Triceratops, naturally. Uh, And the Spinosaurus came with this, like, basket that fit over his sail and a little caveman. And you could put two cavemen, one on each side of the basket, and, like, they would ride him around... I forget what they were called, but they were like, you know, real dinosaurs or something. And they had like a little logo on their leg. Um, I forget the exact name of them, but I mean, that would be cool. I mean, we are getting Jesus Christ. I can't believe I'm saying this. We are getting a Hot Wheels movie about Hot Wheels, which awesome. I mean, I don't think it's going to do and it's. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's coming from J.J. Abrams. So I guess he's done with like Star Wars and Star Trek. It's like, oh, I already did that.
1: Wait, but don't we have hot... Isn't that the Fast and the Furious or what it used to be anyways?
0: It's probably a cross between Fast and Furious and Cars. So it's probably a cross between those two. So Which I've never seen Cars and I could only get through two Fast and Furious movies. Like I tried, I really tried, but I, I, just I haven't been able to bring myself to watch the third one. So that's it for me. Um, how about you?
1: Okay, so I have two, and I'll make this quick. Uh, one being Gem and the Holograms. So I know we have the animated show, and it was during the time where you know we're looking to sell toys, so we're gonna create the the show the cartoon and we're gonna have the toys simultaneously and and it's just one of the same and I know we got we I know there was a gem in the holograms movie live action film that came out a few years ago that doesn't count that was garbage that was not gem in the holograms that was some Teeny bopper bullshit movie that they decided to slap the Gem and the Holograms name over. What I would love, absolutely love, is a movie based more off of what the show is about.
0: Yeah, uh... I, I,
1: I think I think us Gem and the Holograms fans deserve that. I I think we deserve like our pretty in pink, like pop star princess, and. Our fucking awesome, like, punk rock, you know, misfits. I, I believe that we deserve everything because what we received was crap. And it seemed really promising to begin with because you had, like, Molly Ringwald and uh, Juliet Lewis who had signed on. So Samantha we were, it, you know, We were like, okay, you know, but she, she was in it, but she was, like, the hairdresser or something. She was in there for a split second. Um. So it was just like a, a a quick cameo, and I guarantee nobody knew it was her because it wasn't marketed to that audience. So if you like it, if it's your thing, that's cool. That's fine. You like what you like. But personally, as a fan, uh, I just I just think we deserved better, and I also think we deserved better music too, because you know, there's something about the original gem and the holograms that was uh, just oozed cheese and camp and just just fun and they weren't able to capture that in the film that came out a few years ago so I would love to see them do it and do it the right way um, also my second choice is actually inspired by real life events so we are leaving our apartment area yesterday and we are driving And Patrick's like, what the hell is that off to the side of the road? You're like, oh, some squishy little dudes, you know, off to the side of the road. Uh, It looked like maybe they were turtles or dinosaurs. I thought
0: they were turtles at first.
1: Come to find out, it was a decapitated, good luck, Care Bear. A decapitated Care Bear. Somebody decapitated a Care Bear.
0: Ripped his head off. The head was right next to the body.
1: Right? Like... The head was, like, looking at the body. Like, look what I did to you.
0: Hey, that guy's wearing my shirt. Oh, wait!
1: <laughs> so, in the vein of uh, all of these cartoons or old TV shows being made into horror films, I think it would be fantastic if we got a live-action Care Bear horror film. So, picture this, right? decapitated good luck bear that's the first scene that's what we see we see funshine bear finding his friend being like oh my god someone decapitated good luck bear i'm gonna get that bastard and then like it's funshine bear going to like cheer bear and all of the other care bears like oh no somebody's out to get us what are we gonna do and they're like oh no we're gonna call the care bear cousins and then like the 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 was it Braveheart? Not Braveheart, but Tenderheart. Tenderheart Lion shows up with, like, no, the have penguin. Ba- have
0: Have Braveheart Lion show up, and it's Mel Gibson. <laughs> and he's just like, freedom! <laughs> like, and he have, starts murdering you people. Fucking, you have
1: the fucking cousins show up, and they're like, I'm going to melt your faces with my Care Bear stare.
0: Yeah, I mean, we just had you know, I you know something in the vein of like Winnie the Pooh, Blood I mean, and Honey.
1: Right. I mean, we just had the the banana splits a couple years ago. We have the Winnie the Pooh, which apparently is getting a sequel, I believe. Yeah. Because that's necessary. Why not a live action Care Bears? Yeah, but it's all like the Care Bear cousins and the Care Bear cousins come in Cocaine and they're all Care like, Bears. Co- <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this shit. Yeah, stare at me now, motherfucker.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, work on your first script first, then work on more. Uh, all right, it's coming
1: so, soon from Magenta Manor Productions. Tell us what you would do. Intensive Care Bears.
0: Tell us what you would do the because movie. this would be I, this is an interesting thing. Like I would like to hear more from other people <laughs> about the the stuff that they would like to see. Um, or if you want to see remakes of stuff that was already done, maybe done in a different way. Like, we have a Care Bears movie, but we don't have a Care Bears horror film.
1: Well, well and we don't have live-action Care well, it, Bears. It we have Care Bears and then, like, the...
0: It couldn't be live-action unless you had, like, dudes in suits, but, like, that would be even better.
1: Right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey, dudes in suits.
0: Or just, like, people wearing shirts. Like, it, it, not even attempting to be, like, yeah, we're the Care Bears and it's like oh my god it could just be like actual bears like from provincetown like they could be the care bears
1: you need to stop (laughs) because i'm about ready to leave this podcast to go write my script
0: all right so on that note we're going to take a break to go write some scripts and when we come back uh we're going to be talking about barbara millipede roberts Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good,
1: it's scary. Hey Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. It's the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. <laughs> you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. My world Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. (laughs) What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. in the real world. That's impossible.
0: If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic!
1: We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh!
0: No one rests until this doll is back in a box.
1: Even if nobody else alone. Humans only have one ending.
0: Get that Barbie!
1: Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. Is Barbie booked if you're still in doubt? And we are back. So that, of course, was the Barbie the movie trailer by Greta Gerwig. Uh, I'm so excited for this movie. And part part of it is because it looks just so unbelievably campy and gay and fun, and I'm just here for all of that. But the other part is Barbie is my favorite toy. It always has been. I still collect Barbies. Um, it's kind of... It's more... Um, the more expensive collectible ones, uh, the Monster High dolls. I love those. So it's kind of it's kind of expanded a little bit, but there is something about just Barbie in general that uh, just it just it just sparks joy so much joy. And seeing this film, seeing the trailers, um, seeing, you know, who was casted. Now, let's face it, Margot Robbie is the perfect casting decision in regards to Barbie. Um, I couldn't envision anybody else. And I know that Amy Schumer was uh, tacked on initially and then she dropped out. Thank God. I don't think this would have been the same vibe if she had... Remained, you know, a part of this film, um, and I believe that there were also like uh, director, other directors in comp, you know, in in the works. I don't know if, for sure, but that's what I've heard. Um, but what we're getting, what we've seen thus far, is just oh god, it is my my plastic fantastic fantasy. I am I'm kind of living my best life right now, going into store, seeing everything pink and pretty, and glittery, and just like dream house moment. I'm in love. So this episode is kind of a companion piece to the episode that we dropped the last year, a couple years ago. We did an episode solely based on Barbie, where we talked about who Barbie is, how she came to be, her history throughout the years, uh, the controversies behind Barbie.
0: Her full name, Barbara Millipede Roberts.
1: Or Millicent, but yes. Um, and why she is so important uh, and ingrained in pop culture. So today, what we're going to be doing is giving you a little bit more information on who her friends are. We're talking Ken. We're talking Midge and we're talking Alan to prepare you for going to see Barbie the movie. So we're gonna start with Ken, which just seems like the most logical place to start because when you think of Barbie, you think of Ken.
0: And uh, Ken was the basis for uh, uh, Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk uh, from Mainway Toys. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with that, uh, you should Yahoo! it. I have no
1: idea what that is.
0: I will. Uh, I will show you Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk. It's basically a Ken doll, but they made a couple of modifications.
1: Oh, just a couple. And
0: specifically mentioned Barbie in their promotion of it.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: It's from Erwin Mainway Mainway Toys.
1: So Ken's full name is Kenneth Sean. He was invented by Ruth Handler and introduced by Mattel in 1961 as the counterpart of Barbie, Barbara Millipede Roberts, um, who was introduced two years earlier. He was named after Kenneth Handler, son of Barbie creator, inventor Ruth Handler, just as Barbie was named after her daughter. Now, that created a little bit of controversy in the family because uh, her daughter is named Barbie. Her son is named Kenneth or Ken, and uh, they are brother and sister. The dolls are named after brothers and sisters, you know, a brother and a sister. But in real life, they are lovers.
0: Well, you know, maybe they should have named them, I don't know, something different, like Donnie and Marie or Cersei and Jamie. I was just going <laughs> to
1: say, they were, uh, they were definitely made for Game of Thrones. So, like Barbie, he made his debut wearing a swimsuit. So, if you recall, the initial Barbie was wearing that iconic black and white swimsuit. And
0: made of onion meal. Sure. No, that was Malibu Stacy. Malibu Stacy was originally... We just watched that episode recently of The Simpsons. It's obviously a parody of... And she, she what married What was the Kent. one
1: that Lisa made? The, Lisa Lionheart. Lisa Lionheart. Yes.
0: Because they were very upset. Because it's, it's obviously a commentary on Barbie, because everything that, you know, when they made the talking version, uh, it said like these... Re- like, don't ask me, I'm just a girl. You know, and Lisa you know, all the girls got it at school and Lisa's like, Don't you have anything don't you think what your Stacy is saying is wrong? And one girl's like, Oh the stuff my Stacy says is wrong and she pulls a string, it's like my spidey sense is tingling. Anyone call for a web slinger? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only that's the only person who had a problem.
1: So the reason why Barbie initially and then Ken made their debuts in the swimsuit getup was because the initial intention was Mm -hmm. to create the doll. And then have you be able to purchase the fashions, you know, outside of of that. So, you know, a a way of, you know, making money. Um, They then afterwards realized as they started introducing more dolls like Midge and Alan, who we'll get to, uh, they realized that the more dolls they introduced, the more dolls people would buy. And then, you know, came out with the, the specialized ones where, well, you can only get this specific outfit if you purchase this specific doll and they would also change the doll's appearance you know makeup and hair and whatnot so they really uh uh, they really bought into the whole capitalism thing but initially it was supposed to be you know so you could purchase one doll and then purchase a bunch of fashions for that doll So similar to Barbie, Ken is from Willows, Wisconsin. I always knew he was a Wisconsin boy. In the Barbie mythos, Ken met Barbie on the set of a TV commercial and is her boyfriend. Per promotional box inscriptions from his debut until 2018, currently he is perceived as one of Barbie's main friends because we obviously just can't, you know... She can't be shackled up to just one person. She needs to have options. Since his debut, Ken has held over 40 occupations. From 1961 to the debut of superstar Ken in 1977, Ken had straight arms that didn't bend, his head could only turn left and right. Ken's hair was made of felt in his first year, known to collectors as the Flocked Hair Ken, but this was replaced with a plastic molded hairstyle when the creators realized that the felt hair fell off when wet, which is obviously a problem. Superstar Ken featured a dimpled smile, a head that could swivel, bent arms, a more muscular physique, jewelry and underwear permanently molded to his body because god knows we cannot show the naughty bits
0: nobody wanted to see Ken's doodle
1: say <laughs> the woman who designed this Ken doll made it specifically to resemble her husband
0: ooh wait a minute so like the smooth well like... oh, okay. <laughs>
1: He's a smooth operator. He got
0: into a terrible belt <laughs> sander accident.
1: <laughs> oh, he's a clone. Um, in February 2004, Mattel announced a split for Ken and Barbie, with the then-vice president of marketing at Mattel saying that Barbie and Ken, quote, feel it's time to spend some quality time apart. Like other celebrity couples, their Hollywood romance has come to an end. Though it was indicated that the duo would, quote, remain friends and that is where we get fucking Blaine. So Blaine was introduced shortly thereafter as Barbie's new boyfriend so she was still friends with Ken but there is fucking Blaine and Blaine was just terrible. He was too pretty I mean like there's something about Ken that has like a little like he has a little dirt under the nail grit to him whereas Blaine was just such a pretty Boy and yeah, I have, I have a lot of feelings about Blaine, obviously. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about Ken. I'm actually, I'm kind we're of not curious. Not playing the Blaine game. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious if maybe they will make reference to Blaine in the film. That would be kind of cool. But anyways, uh, in February 2006, a revamped version of the Ken doll was launched, though it was stated that his relationship with Barbie was still purely platonic. In 2011, Mattel launched a massive campaign for Ken to win Barbie's affections back. The pair officially reunited on Valentine's Day 2011. In 2021, Mattel announced 15 new looks for Ken. This included looks with different skin tones, body shapes, and hairstyles. Barbie underwent a similar makeover in 2020. Outside of this change, Ken hasn't changed much much since his introduction, except for Earring Magic Ken.
0: Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk.
1: <laughs> so no, now we're going to talk about hearing Magic Ken. And there's a reason why we're going to talk about this one specifically, and I'll get to my point after. So he was released in 1993. Mattel had conducted a survey of girls asking if Ken should be, uh, if Ken should be retained as Barbie's boyfriend or whether a new doll should be introduced in that role. Obviously 11 years later, he was given the boot and Blaine was introduced, but anyways, Survey results indicated that girls wanted, wanted Ken, but uh, wanted him to have a cooler look. According to the then-manager of marketing communications for Mattel, quote, we tried to keep Ken as cool as possible. This model of the Ken doll was dressed in a lavender mesh shirt, purple pleather vest, a necklace with a circular charm, which some say resembled a cock ring, and, as the name indicates, an earring in his left ear.
0: Yeah, that was the, I believe, uh, I remember seeing something about this. I believe it was um, Colin Quinn was doing the weekend update on, on uh, SNL, and he made some joke about uh, the new design of Ken had to come out because the old design was not gay enough something along those lines
1: yeah so these clothing choices led to gay commentator dan savage joking that mattel toy designers had quote spent a weekend in la or new york dashing from rave to rave taking notes and polaroids he also suggested that little girl's idea of coolness was shaped by homoerotic mtv music videos madonna's dancers and what ACT UP slash Queer Nation members were wearing to demonstrations and parties. A lot of controversy surrounded the doll because of its appearance, with mostly conservative groups fueling the outrage. As a result, the doll became popular within the gay community. Despite Mattel pulling the doll from the shelves by the end of 1993, it remains the best-selling Ken doll to date.
0: As it should be, because that's the most fabulous one.
1: I mean, he looks like. Did he... it
0: come with a felt merkin?
1: <laughs> uh, no, but I do believe it came with a penis pump. Um. Anyways, or no, you had to send away for the penis pump, right? Like, like the Ken Earring Magic Ken Penis Pump
0: for what? His smooth down under. He didn't have a doodle.
1: That you know of. Do you have the doll?
0: I don't. Well, I mean, if anyone was going to, it would be this one. Anatomically correct, Ken.
1: I mean, they were trying to make him, quote, cooler.
0: I mean, nothing cooler than a doll with a doodle. (laughs) Actually, I can think of several things.
1: But he looked like a boy band reject. Hmm.
0: Like, which boy band? Name one. Hanson.
1: Okay, not Hanson, but like... Nelson. He... If, if if Nelson was... Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister isn't a boy band! Right,
0: but he would have fit in with the outfit Dee Snyder wears.
1: So he's not going to take it anymore.
0: Well, you don't know that.
1: You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. So the reason why I brought that up is there there is um, belief that there is uh, mention of that or kind of like they they allude to that in the film, maybe in some of the ensembles that Ken wears. So that's why I'm bringing it up because uh, this film seems to address some of the other more controversial dolls that came out, including Midge, who we are going to talk about right now.
0: That's what uh, Moe calls Marge because he can never remember her name. He always calls her Midge or Blanche. This is a different Midge.
1: Yes, this Midge has nothing to do with The Simpsons. Uh, this Midge came out before The Simpsons, if you can believe it, because The Simpsons has been going on for so long.
0: 1989.
1: Uh, Margaret Midge Hadley Sherwood debuted in 1963 as Barbie's best friend. So when Barbie debuted, she was the subject of a lot of criticism, some of which claimed Barbie was too mature looking for children. Midge was the first same-size friend of Barbie and was created to oppose these controversies. She had a fuller gentler face mold although her body proportions were the same as barbie which allowed the two dolls to be able to share clothes and accessories midge initially had shoulder length hair that flipped up at the ends buyers had the option of buying a doll with one of three different hair colors red blonde or brunette her face was usually brushed with freckles the dolls that were sold without freckles had a longer hairstyle and are now hard to find. Depending on the doll's hair color, the color of her two-piece swimsuit varied. If Midge had red hair, her swimsuit was yellow and orange. For blonde hair, it was in two shades of blue. And if she was a brunette, it was pink and red. Midge started dating Alan In 1964, when he was introduced as Ken's best friend, Midge, Barbie, Alan, and Ken would all double date. From her introduction until 1967, Midge was marketed as Barbie's original best friend, but was discontinued, replaced by PJ, for about 20 years until 1988. Not no, it was a different PJ, different oh. guy. Oh, oh, that was actually a girl.
0: Whatever. It are still you? Wasn't uh, are me? you a
1: blonde girl, Patrick?
0: I was blonde as a baby.
1: So well, I, the, the 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 timing's off though.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, Time isn't real. But she was discontinued for about 20 years until 1988 when California Dream Midge was sold as part of a beach line. And I had her and she was actually one of my favorite dolls. I am currently uh, scouring eBay trying to find one. And I have found some, but some of them, they can be kind of expensive. Trying to find old stuff like old toys on eBay. Um, If you want them in kind of crappy condition, you can find a lot of things. But if you're looking for them In either really good condition, or if you're neurotic like me and want them new in the box, like I, uh, was it last year or the year before? I don't know, but this is what I did during quarantine. I, um, searched eBay for Barbies from the 90s and I found a couple. I got, um, the Ice Capades Barbie. Remember Mm -hmm. her? She was fabulous. I remember
0: the Ice Capades.
1: I remember the Ice Capades, too. I used to go. I think I went to, I I saw, I saw the Simpsons on ice. I did not. They were part of the Ice Capades. Um, There was one year that was the Simpsons, and then there was one year that was Barbie, and that's where this Barbie came from. Uh, So, yeah, I love her. But anyways, yeah, I loved the California Dream Midge doll. Um, She had a really cute face. Like, her lips were kind of pursed together. Like, she was going, ooh, a little little Betty Boop ish. She had red hair, green eyes, and freckles. Her skin tone, she was a little more of an olive skin tone than Barbie's fair skin tone. And I just loved her. I thought she was beautiful. Um, I also really loved the Teresa dolls too. So the Teresa uh, in the eighties and nineties, Teresa was Barbie's friend, and she was like her brunette friend. And in the in the late 80s early 90s especially um she would always have like crazy hair which i loved just like this big brunette blob of of hair usually teased or uh crimped or curled or something Uh, she was fabulous but but anyways back to midge so in 1991 she was married to alan The year after Midge and Alan were married, a picture of the couple with twin babies was shown in a pamphlet, but the dolls were never produced. However, in 2003, she and Alan were reintroduced with a family consisting of them and three different kids, including three-year-old Ryan and newborn baby Nikki this was known as the happy family line and was similar to the discontinued heart family line of the 1980s so this kind of pertains to the film that's coming out midge was sold pregnant with nikki who was a tiny baby inside midges magnetic removable womb this led to some controversy with some consumers saying that the doll was inappropriate for children or that it promoted teen pregnancy because they believed that Midge was too young to have children. Another cause for this controversy was that Midge did not initially have a wedding ring, but this was later fixed. She was also packaged without Alan. Customers also complaining about the doll led to Walmart pulling the happy family line off their shelves. A new version of this Midge was produced for Walmart, this time not pregnant, and with a cardboard cutout display of Alan and son Ryan standing next to her inside the box. After the controversy, Midge was discontinued again until 2013, when she was brought back single and childless, as if Alan and the kids never existed.
0: It's an alternate timeline.
1: So the reason why I bring that up specifically is because, uh, oh, God, I always I'm, I'm looking her up right now because I always like hack up her last name. Um, but uh, Emerald Fennel, Emerald Fennel, I'm looking her up. But anyways, uh, she plays Midge and in the movie she is specifically pregnant Midge.
0: That's interesting. Which
1: is why I think they're going to be alluding to Magic Earring Ken, too. I think that uh, Greta Gerwig is kind of pointing the fingers at all of these controversial Barbies that were created throughout the years. And there was also some controversy. Um, so Issa Rae is President Barbie. And in the early 90s, they actually released a President Barbie, and it had to be, I think it was a Toys R Us exclusive, and it had to be pulled from shelves because it had a presidential seal, and it was based on the actual presidential seal, and apparently you can't do that. Uh, So they had to pull the doll from shelves, and uh, I don't know if they removed the seal or what they did, but anyways, it was... uh, Quite a, quite the controversy, really.
0: What if they replaced the seal with a manatee?
1: Um, sure. Why not?
0: A different kind of seal?
1: A different, a different kind of seal. Yes. Emerald fennel. Yes, I was right. So, um... Uh, I believe she... it's
0: Emerald Lagasse. He's no, the chef Emerald... that says bam.
1: <laughs> bam. Um... She is an actor and director. She directed and I believe wrote Promising Young Woman. If you have not watched it, it came out a couple years ago. uh, Do yourself a favor. Find it if it's streaming anywhere or, you know, honestly, it's worth the rental or fuck it. Purchase it. If you don't like it, let me know. I'll buy it from you or something um but anyways like it's it's fantastic but she is pregnant midge and i i think that is just fantastic i'm really excited to see where they kind of take that um and speaking of alan last but not least it's alan he was introduced in 1964 as ken's buddy Alan was named after the son-in-law of Mattel co-founder Ruth Handler and he was marketed as Ken's friend who could also fit into Ken's clothes. And then obviously we already talked about him, he uh, is Midge's boyfriend, becomes Midge's husband. is part of that whole happy family controversy that Walmart put the kibosh on and uh, and yeah. So those are just three of the characters that I think are worth noting when it comes to going into the Barbie film. And I hope you feel a little more enlightened. And uh, hey, if you learn something great, maybe, just maybe, you'll be in on the joke.
0: Yeah. So I hope uh, everybody goes to see Barbie and enjoys it.
1: I plan on seeing it at least twice because I'm going to go, I'm taking my sister to see it she texted me so my sister's deaf she doesn't usually go to the movies because it's just it's it's not a it's always an inconvenience really I know they have devices and whatnot but you know she just always feels like she's putting somebody out when she goes to the theater but she texted me and said I really want to see this in the theater I said sold okay we're going so I know I'm seeing it at least two times
0: Yeah, and other people have asked to go with you as well. So I will go go
1: with whoever wants to go, to be completely honest. Do you want to go see the Barbie movie? Let me know. I'll go watch it with you.
0: So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have battle results and a preview of next week's show. So we'll be right back. Let's go party. I'm
1: a bobby girl in the bobby world. Laughing plastic it's fantastic. You can brush my hair on with me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. I'm a blonde in girl in the fantasy world.
0: And we are back. That's uh obviously the Barbie plastic fantastic song by who is it, Aquaphobic?
1: Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Uh, uh, uh awkward,
0: yeah. aquatonic. Come
1: on, Barbie, let's go party. Ooh, ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. Aquacola, somebody, aqua something, aquavelva, aquavit, something.
1: Or just aqua.
0: Yeah, that, that is awkward. Uh, so, anyways,
1: <laughs> you are
0: awkward. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that uh, trip down Barbie nostalgia lane. Uh, this was definitely an episode that's right in your wheelhouse because i, I know love nothing it about so but i know so much i know
1: so China so much. Um, Barbara
0: nematodes.
1: So if you have Barbara. a favorite Barbie or Ken, I even talk about my favorite Ken. Um, so there was. Wait, that this, one wasn't your
0: favorite Ken. What
1: magic earring Ken? No, because I never had him. I'm talking about the ones that I had. Um, so I forget when they came out. I want to say maybe it was like ninety four or ninety five. Um, not even earlier than that. But, anyways, uh, they came out with this sparkle eyes Barbie, and she was stunning. And the whole thing, it was pretty much like a, it could have been called Fabulous Date Night Barbie and Ken. But, uh, she was called Sparkle Eyes Barbie, and she had these blue eyes that literally sparkled because they were crystals. She had these crystal blue eyes, and this like perfectly teased like platinum blonde hair. She was wearing this silver dress, and of course, this was during a time when um, Barbie would come with like one or two, like like one outfit, but it could transform into something else. So, like, you could take, you know, part of her. You could take her boa and, like, put it around. You know, it would, it would, like. Wear
0: it as a very revealing mini skirt.
1: Actually, this was a mini skirt. She oh was wearing God. a mini dress, a silver mini dress. And it turned and into a mini skirt. Like, what a transformation. No like you could take like her boa and put it around you know it would snap into the bottom of her dress or her skirt or whatever and like lengthen the the dress and you know turn it oh, into so a different could, look you could
0: basically dress her like rick flair
1: Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh and she was just so stunning she had this like silver dress and her um like fabric accessories were pink and then she had this gorgeous metallic pink almost like pink chrome looking earrings with necklace and then the ken so the ken that came with her uh is sparkle surprise ken and he didn't have the sparkle eyes but he had these just bright piercing blue eyes and this like slicked back coif, I mean obviously it was the molded hair so it wasn't real hair it but felt. Uh, it, would, no, it, was, it wasn't felt that it was going to fall off when wet um, but it was the molded hair and he was wearing this suit so the shirt was pink and silver it matched Barbie's ensemble and the uh, suit itself was almost like this black lemay kind of like it was, think think like gold Lemay but but black like and it was just so he was he was very dashing he was a very dashing ken um probably the best looking ken um that i can recall because some of them some of them looked a little dopey not gonna lie uh some uh so, some of those kens were kind of derpy Um, But he was not a derpy Ken. He was a very dashing and debonair. And uh, I don't know, kind of looks like if Richard Gere and Brad Pitt had a baby and like that was a really good looking baby and not a derpy looking baby. Like anyways. uh, Yeah, that was that was it. That was my favorite Ken.
0: Okay, so. I didn't have one because I never had those guys. And my so. favorite
1: Barbie is the totally hair Barbie that came out in the 90s. The early 90s. The one, like, her, her hair was down to her feet, and it came with the bottle of the Dep gel. Was she the one that could gel. grow
0: her hair, like, if you cranked your arm? No,
1: no. You couldn't grow her hair, but she just had so much didn't, of it. There was, could, there was a doll there that you was could a crank her that, hair. There her was hand. a doll that you could do that with. Um, so I don't know if it was... I, it, it wasn't Barbie. I forget who put it out, but I had a couple of these. So you could pull out her ponytail, and it would make her hair long. And then you could press a button on her chest. And it was either chest or back. Probably back now that probably I think
0: about it. Probably back, yeah. Who will push on her boobs and watch her hair grow. Um.
1: And it would... It would make her hair shorter, and then you would pull it out, and then you would press the button, and it would make her hair shorter. I forget who, it, maybe it was a Hasbro thing or something, one of those dolls that uh, was uh, created to be in competition Lola with Lola Longlocks? Um, no, there was also this doll named Maxie. If anybody remembers Maxie, let me know. So she had <gasps> flat feet. Um,
0: How she's supposed to wear her heels?
1: And her, her dimensions were different like her hips were a little bit wider than Barbie's and her face like her head was a little bit larger but for the most part she fit into most of Barbie's accessories I had a maxi doll and I remember her because she had a she, she was a cheerleader and she had a, the, cheer, like the pink cheerleading jacket and it said maxi on it I remember her and then of course there were like the dollar store rip offs that I think everybody had. Bernie. Well, those I brought into the tub. Barney. Because I didn't want to ruin some of Mom my other dolls. Mom said it's okay to
0: cut her hair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it was okay for those dolls to look like Kate McKinnon's character in the Barbie movie. Like, it was okay to take the marker and cut her hair. And Those dolls, you could do that. You could not do that with Barbie.
0: No, was Barbie also the one that had, like, the color change hair? Oh, Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, there was, um, so, actually, Dua Lipa's mermaid character is based off of this, uh, because she, I believe she pl- plays a few different mermaids, and each mermaid has a different color hair. There was, uh, I think, probably a couple of different mermaids. One was pink, but the one that I'm thinking about was blue, and she had color-changing streaks in her hair. So if you got her wet, like with cold water, her hair would change color. Warm water would change back. Okay.
0: Um, so you have uh, battle results for us, I believe.
1: I do, I do. So last week we threw down Here's to Swimming with Bow-Legged Women, Battle of the Bait beauties when it comes to animal versus woman who will come out on top the location was the the location was the bermuda triangle the weapon was the orca and all tools on board our team of salty sirens include ellen brody from the jaws franchise emma collins from deep blue c3 Nancy from the Shallows, and April Wexler from the Sharknado series. And it's all of those ladies versus a Megalodon. And uh, the people have spoken, and they've chosen the ladies. They think the ladies are going to prevail victoriously.
0: Well, I mean, April Wexler is a goddamn cyborg, you know, and Emma Collins is a scientist. So, I mean, if you've seen all the movies, I... I I think so, too.
1: See, I said fuck them all, Team Meg.
0: Shut up, Meg.
1: Team Giant Shark! Anyways, but yeah. So those are the results. Wow, are you handing me a cat? Yes. Why are you handing me a cat while we're trying to record? Hello, cat.
0: Well, because you can put your phone down now. You don't need it anymore. And she doesn't want me to hold her anymore. So now you're holding her.
1: Zombie, do you have any thoughts about the Barbie movie? She do you, does not. Do you have any thoughts about Oppenheimer? No, I hear it's going to be the bomb.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, next week we're going to be discussing J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, some of the, uh, the the obviously, the, the uh, pop culture portrayals, including uh, the cameo he had in Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts for this one. Uh, as well as, you know, obviously the movie that's coming out, and,
1: and it's tie-in with a certain shark franchise.
0: That's true, yes. Um, so we'll obviously get into more of that later on. Uh, but I think, uh, unless you have anything else...
1: I don't know, Zombie, do you have anything else to say? She does not. She does not, no, she's, okay. she's all set.
0: So then I guess we will... <gasps> See you, you next, next Thursday! Thursday!